Hello and welcome everyone to the Touchdowns to Home Runs podcast. What is going on? I am Noah and here I got the other member of the TDs to HRs brand. I got Mr. Bernie Baskovic. Bernie, how are you doing today, sir? Going pretty good. I'm excited to do another episode. Yes, sir. Indeed. Today we got a great video for you guys or a great podcast for you guys. We are going to be breaking down all the latest from the last week in football, whether that be college, whether that be NFL, and lots and lots and lots of breaking news stories to go along here. So it's going to be a very, very exciting podcast. So definitely go sit back, relax, enjoy. Even if you're watching a football game right now, just enjoy whatever you're doing right now. I hope you're having a great day. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. So Bernie, this week in college football, we had a lot of good games. Is there any one in particular that you want to start off with that highlights for you that was a good game? Yeah, let's get it started with number nine. The Miami Hurricanes were taking on Virginia Tech in Virginia, and Virginia Tech surprisingly was actually favored this game. Now I know Virginia Tech was home, but only 1,000 fans in the stadium. And I just found it weird without any real injuries that Virginia Tech was two-point favorites in this game. So this was one that I actually watched. And boy, it was a really, really good one. Miami had some trouble getting going. Derek King couldn't find it in the first half. Cameron Harris couldn't find it in the first half. Uh, but you know what? They figured it out. And Miami's been looking for a quarterback for a long time that can sort of be able to win these games that are close, win the games that they have to win. And Derek King looked very good on Saturday. In terms of Virginia Tech, the one thing that I do want to touch on, though, is their offense looks so good in the first half. And Virginia Tech plays the best when they're using those set quarterback runs with Hendon Hooker. And Hendon Hooker was phenomenal in the first half. And then Virginia Tech in the second half, but especially the fourth quarter, decided not to um, go with those draw plays anymore, and their offense went really, really dry. So Miami ended up taking that game 25-24. Yeah, so a good game out there between Miami and Virginia Tech. One that I wanted to highlight was the Florida-Arkansas game. Now, I hyped this game up all week because it was the Felipe Franks homecoming, and Arkansas has been doing so much better than a lot of people had been thinking that they were going to do this season. They are supposed to be the doormat of the SEC West, and they are not playing like it at all this season. The final score in that game was uh, 63-35 to for Florida, but it was still a decent game and everything, but there's just one guy that makes a difference in this game, and his name is Kyle Trask. Let's look at his stats real quick because he pretty much cemented his name into the lead spot for the Heisman right now. He threw 365 yards, 23 for 29 with six touchdowns and a 12.3 yards per attempt. Holy, this guy has just come in. He's playing in the SEC, remember? Like, he isn't putting up these stats in the Big 12. Now, I know that the SEC has taken a step back on defense this year, but anytime a quarterback like that can put up numbers in the SEC, I saw stats where they're comparing him to, like, Burrow and Tua, and he's actually leading them in touchdowns through the first however many games, I'm pretty sure. So Kyle Trask is playing amazing. Kyle Pitts was out in that game versus Arkansas, but it didn't matter. You still had guys like Trevon Grimes, you still had Kadarius Tony, you still had Henderson, you had guys all over the field for Florida, and they were able to make plays and put up 63 points in this game, an absolutely dominant performance by Florida in this one. Uh, one little trivia thing that I sort of saw over the week, um, do you know who Kyle Trask's high school quarterback teammate was? De'Aaron King. Oh, yeah. I Just know that imagine. one. Kyle Just Trask was that. behind De'Aaron King. Yeah. Because Kyle Trask didn't get to play for like his whole 
basically a lot of his high school career. And then when he got to Florida, he didn't get to play until Felipe Franks went down and got hurt. And then he came in and kind of became the star at Florida and then overall just became the star and led Florida to now what's going to be an SEC East title and hopefully an SEC championship for Florida fans. So Kyle Trask has been an underdog story for a while, and it's good to see him break into the spotlight. And both of those guys are probably going to be in Heisman talks as well. And, I mean, Kyle Trask, he had, like, I think it was four, four or five touchdowns in the first half. And, I mean, this is a team against 63 points, and they weren't even fully healthy. But, anyways, let's move on to Indiana. Number 10 Indiana Hoosiers took on the Michigan State Spartans. And Indiana improves to 4-0 now. They're looking really, really good this season. Uh, Penix threw two picks, but other than that, he was really sound. This Indiana defense is legit. They look really, really good, and I'm excited to see, you know, what they could do come the end of the season. I think they have a game against Ohio State coming up soon, which should be a really good one. Um, but as for Michigan State, they have their one win, which only came against Michigan, unfortunately. And the state of Michigan actually didn't score on Saturday until seven quarters in, uh, with Michigan getting shut out in their first half as well. So Indiana looks really good. Michigan State does not. Next game up I want to talk about is Oregon at Washington State. Now, in the last podcast that we did, or at least our last Football Picks podcast, I actually took Washington State to win this game. I felt good that the game was in Pullman, and I just didn't know where Oregon was at as a team. And I was feeling very confident in the first half of this game because when I looked at the scoreboard, Washington State was up 19-14 at half, but that changed. You had show for um, Oregon throwing 21 for 30, 300, uh, 312 yards for four touchdowns, one interception. But it was really the ground game in this one that did it for Oregon. They were able to rush. Verdell was able to rush for 118 yards, and that was for one touchdown. Show was able to rush for 81, and Dye was able to rush for 40. Uh, 54 so overall you just had a very dominant performance and then even in the receiving game Reed was able to catch for 99 yards died 87 Verdell 36 you just had big playmakers all over the field that were able to step up in that second half for Oregon and were able to squeak out of Pullman with a win 43 to 29 even though Washington State was winning that game in the first quarter I mean in the first half all right yeah let's move on to um Notre Dame taking on Boston College. Notre Dame took that game by a score of 45-31. to 31. And I thought that this one was really interesting because Notre Dame, after their win against Clemson, all the expectations are on them now. They're at that number two seed. They're right in the spot for the playoffs. They just have to win out, and they'll be in the playoffs this year. Um, but Boston College sort of held their own. They've had some tight games against some big teams this year. Their offense looked pretty good, or the uh, Notre Dame defense didn't look terrific. But... Um, Notre Dame definitely looks like a good team. Just, I guess, give props to Boston College for keeping it a close one, especially um, in the first half. Next game, USC-Arizona. This was a very close one. I was able, actually able to watch a bunch of this one. It was on Fox. It was a great game, and Arizona was able to stick around because of their red zone defense. They got a ton of stops in the red zone that USC just wasn't able to convert points on. I remember one where they stopped them turnover on downs, another one that ended up in a missed field goal. So Arizona was able to hold USC to 34 points and may, able to make it a four-point game, but it was the Trojans in this one who won it. Slovis threw 30 for 43, uh, 325 yards for one touchdown. In the rushing game, you had Steep 
Carr and Malpeg all run for three uh, one touchdown each for a total of three touchdowns. USC is a top 25 team for a reason. They're a good team, but when you play a team like Arizona, who's supposed to be at the bottom of the Pac-12, you definitely want a more defining win like that. So that's something that uh, USC is definitely going to have to work on is getting more defining wins and beating the opponents that they should beat by a more marginal amount. All right, so let's move on to the game with my Michigan Wolverines. They were taking on the number 13 Wisconsin Badgers last week. They lose that game by a score of 49-11. to And I said it in the post-game show that I made for this. It was one of probably the worst football games I've watched in a long time. And the first half was probably the most unprepared I've seen a football team be in a long time. The first two passes that Joe Milton threw were interceptions. Um, one of them wasn't his fault. It was just a drop pass by Nick Eubanks. But the other one was just a horrendous pass. And Michigan does not look good. And we're going to get to sort of Jim Harbaugh and the other parts of the coaching staff in a second and sort of what we think that their next moves should be. But let's take a look at the box score real quick. Joe Milton was 9 for 19, only 98 yards and the two interceptions like I was saying. He actually got pulled in the third quarter, brought in Cade McNamara, who led actually a pretty good first drive that he was in the game. Three plays, I think he went something like 74 yards. And I think it's going to be really interesting because I think that Joe Milton um, could lose his starting job. And I think it could be Cade McNamara under center next week. Um, but other than that, they switched up the defense. They were playing like a 3-2. Uh, they were no good, although Vincent Gray got a little bit better. But let's move on. To Jim Harbaugh, Noah, we'll get your opinion first because I know that Muschamp just got fired yesterday. I mean, what's your opinion sort of with all of this coaching stuff that's going on? Yeah, 100%. Our head ball coach just got let go yesterday, Will Muschamp, and I agree with the move. A lot of people are saying right now because it's a COVID season that it's not fair to make judgments for the coaches to be able to go out there and do their best still with COVID and everything going on. But at the end of the day, if you're Michigan or if you're South Carolina and your team is starting to lose games or at least getting smacked by margins that you're not supposed to be losing by, even if it was a regular season, there's just that factor that's like, okay, something's got to change here. I, this can't always be a COVID problem. We can't always bring it back to COVID. That can't be the problem for this program, especially Michigan. Michigan was a team with very high hopes going into this game. They beat Minnesota the first game of the season. They're looking great. And then they dropped the next three. There has to be something that's going on in that locker room because Michigan just doesn't drop three games straight to Michigan State, then Indiana. And then Wisconsin is a good team, a good program, but – as just very uncharacteristic of such an elite blue blood of college football in Michigan that you got to think, you know what, it's time for a change because Michigan's expectation isn't to make a bowl game every year. Their fans won't be happy if you just go out and make some bowl like the Outback Bowl or the Gator Bowl or the Citrus Bowl or whatever bowl they played against in Alabama last year. That's not the Michigan standard. The Michigan standard that they want, they want to start seeing their team play in Indianapolis. They want to see their team make the Big Ten Championship. They want to see their team go on to a playoff and play there. And that's something that Jim Harbaugh has not been able to give Michigan at all. He hasn't been able to give them a win against Ohio State, which is mainly the key factor into why they've never got to Indianapolis or they've never got to a playoff spot because they've had their chances against Ohio State. They've had the time where they were ranked over them and they just, Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines just couldn't execute it. So you, you're probably just thinking to yourself, 
you know what? It's time for a change over there in Ann Arbor. And I honestly do think that it's time for a change. We just did it in South Carolina. Even though it is a COVID season, there are just some things that you got to say, you know what? This just isn't working out anymore. We got to do better as a football program. So Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, I, I think that it might be time for him to go. All right. So I've sort of given my opinion on this in the previous videos, but I mean, Jim Harbaugh, he's predictable. The whole coaching staff is becoming really predictable. The thing about, I think for me, it comes down to the play calling. And I know that a lot of um, people who watch the Wisconsin game would say the exact same thing. I mean, the one that, the one play that I really highlight of the Wisconsin one that sort of just left me shaking my head was Wisconsin has the fourth down. I mean, Michigan has the fourth down on the Wisconsin one. Uh, Michigan comes out in the shotgun. Wisconsin calls a timeout and Michigan comes out in the exact same look and ends up not scoring. Now this is, I think they were down 28, nothing at the, at the time and they ended up not scoring at all. But I, I, I mean, it's just, it didn't make sense to me and they come out in the same look and that's just sort of, an example but their play calling in general is really predictable and it's not only Jim Harbaugh but we could look over to the defense as well and look at Don Brown they look like they're extremely unprepared every time they play zone they've switched to man back to zone coverage um, they look like they haven't practiced the schemes they can't find an identity and I mean I know it's partly the players fault as well but I mean these are still really talented players I know we lost a lot of players especially on the defense but these are you know, really talented guys. And I think Michigan's just failing to develop. I think they're failing to create a scheme that sort of works for the players that they have. And then offensively, I think Josh Gaddis is going to end up going at the end of the year as well. But I mean, I just really hope that Michigan can figure it out for at least the end of the year, because I don't see any of them getting fired until the end of the season. And I mean, I just hope that Michigan can sort of figure everything out. One thing that I'd definitely like to see from Michigan, especially if I was a Michigan fan, is the lack of NFL talent that has been coming out, especially in the draft and everything like that, has been below standards of like definitely out of the Jim Harbaugh era. You look before, like obviously Michigan's still pumping guys out to the NFL, no question about it. You had like guys like Rashawn Gary and who's the other well, guy? Well, we sent from? like 10 uh, last Devin year Bush. to the NFL. Yeah, but more like first rounders more than those guys like you want to see guys highlighted from Michigan in those draft boards and everything you want to see guys from Michigan in the top 10 and everything and I just haven't seen that since like Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush there hasn't really been anyone else that I see that's like a first round talent in a while especially on the offensive side of the ball where you need you want wide receivers you want running backs you want guys like that quarterbacks and stuff like that at Michigan to go high on these draft boards. And I just haven't seen that in a while for Michigan. And their draft classes have been good. I mean, their recruiting classes have been good. So that just tells you about like what you said before, player development at Michigan. I feel like it isn't at its best right now. And that's something that all relies on the coaching and the coaching staff all in all. And that all funnels into the head coach. The head coach determines what happens with the rest of the staff and everything. So that's something that if you're the AD right now, you got to look at that and you got to say, you know what, maybe we got to get someone in who's actually going to do the most with what we have right now at Michigan. And 
the most with what they have right now could be a national championship contending team because, like I said before, they have the talent on this team. It's just development and execution on the field that is the problem for Michigan right now. I mean, I just think an example sort of of what you were talking about before about the player development again is Joe Milton is actually the first quarterback to start for Michigan that was recruited by Jim Harbaugh. And, I mean, obviously it looks like Milton's going to be not even the starter after four weeks if Cade McNamara plays last week. But, I mean, that just shows the player development as as well. They're not getting players ready to play. The They're not very deep this year. Even though they have talent, they just don't have guys who can fit into the same system. And I think it starts with Harbaugh. I think it goes on to the other coaches as well. But I think Joe Milton and him being the first Harbaugh-recruited quarterback is a great example sort of of what we're talking about. Some guys on the board for Michigan to um, come in to Michigan next year if these guys are still available. I know one guy that's been highly talked about is Hugh Freeze, who is Liberty's current head coach, and he was Ole Miss's head coach prior to that. He'd be a good guy, offensive-minded guy that you'd need at Michigan because college football is changing into an offensive mindset kind of game. Defense is kind of taking a step back in college football. It's all about the offense. Now, if you want to be an elite team, you need to have an offense. So a guy like Q Freeze is going to work his tail off in recruiting. He's going to work his tail off to develop these players as best as possible. And he's going to be an offensive mind to really get that offense rolling. So he is one of the top candidates that if Michigan does make the decision to pull the trigger and let go of Jim Harbaugh, he is a guy that you could see in the maize and blue next year on the sideline. Yeah, I think their next coach, um, if Harbaugh does leave this year, is going to be from one of those teams this year that are doing good from the non-Power 5 schools. But my only concern is that um, with J.J. McCarthy coming in next year. Now, I know when teams sort of bring in those type of recruiting classes, they don't want to fire the head coach because a lot of time the uh, recruit has a good relationship with the head coach. So my only worry would be that Michigan has to be very, very careful with switching Harbaugh or switching Josh Gaddis if J.J. McCarthy is close with those uh, two guys. Yeah, 100%. So now let's just get into our picks for next week in college football because this week's actually a bit weaker than past weeks have been, but there still are some quality games in here. Starting off with the first one, this one should be an easy one. I've already made this pick in my SEC picks prediction video, but we got the Florida Gators visiting the Vanderbilt Commodores. Florida, amazing game last week. Vanderbilt actually only lost to Kentucky by three last week, so they're getting better slowly, but... I don't see any chance that Florida drops this game. They're just too talented on offense. They're going to go in there and run all over Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt's offense, it is getting better, but it's not great yet. This should be a game for Florida's defense to really develop and just go out there and have a solid game. So, Bernie, I'm taking Florida. Who are you yeah, taking? Yeah, I mean, Florida's offense is just way too good. And I've said it in the past videos as well. I'm not a fan of the Gators' defense. They allowed some points last week as well. But, I mean, when you're putting up 60-plus points and you're – offense is as electric as they've been this year i mean florida's a really tough team to beat so i'll take florida next up clemson versus florida state this is clemson's first game since the devastating loss for them to the notre dame fighting irish clemson's coming back against a florida state team who has had their up and downs this season obviously they beat north carolina earlier in the season they lose to north carolina state last week Florida State, especially that this game is in Florida, it's in Tallahassee, anything could happen. 
I know Florida State's have their runs this year, but overall, I think Clemson is just going to out-talent them. I'm pretty sure Trevor Lawrence should be coming back as the quarterback. Don't mark me on that because I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% guaranteed, though. Yeah, I think he but is Clemson, back. Clemson is just the better team here. There's no other way to put it, so give me Clemson in this one. Yeah, I think Florida State's lost five of their last six. They beat North Carolina, but their only other win is against Jacksonville State. I don't think this game's close, especially if Trevor Lawrence is back this week, which it looks like he is. So I think Clemson wins in a blowout. Next up, this is going to be the Fox Big Noon kickoff game. We got Indiana versus Ohio State. Indiana is ranked number nine now and Ohio State's number three. So this is a top 10 matchup. Surprisingly, this game isn't in... Uh, this isn't the college game day game. We'll be getting to that later, but this is still a very good game nonetheless. If Indiana wants a shot at beating Ohio State for the next bunch of seasons, I see that this is their year that they got to execute or whatever. But Ohio State, too talented. Justin Fields is too talented as a quarterback. I really like where Ohio State's at this year, especially that this game is at home. Even though there's no fans, I say it over and over and over again. The preparation process is a lot easier when you're at home rather than traveling to an away team stadium. So give me Ohio State in this one. Um, personally, I don't think there's a team in the Big Ten that can beat Ohio State. I just think they're too talented. Um, I, I'm really curious about this game, but if you look at the injury report, Ty Freifogel is listed as questionable, and he's their best wide receiver, him and Watt Fillier as well. But Freifogel um, had the 200 receiving yards, I think, or something like that last week. Especially if he's out, Indiana has no chance in this game. But regardless, I'd take Ohio State. The Buckeyes, it is for both of us. Next up, another sticking with the Big Ten. We got Wisconsin versus Northwestern. I'm pretty sure that this is a all the both of these teams are ranked. If I yeah, and both yeah, are undefeated as well. Day, or, yeah, both are undefeated. So this is going to be a very good game and a very important game for deciding the Big Ten West. Wisconsin opens up as seven and a half favorites. This game is in just outside of Chicago, in Illinois. So Northwestern is the home team here. Wisconsin, who'd Wisconsin play last week? Oh, yeah, they beat Michigan. Michigan last week. Northwestern had a close game, I'm pretty sure, against, I think it was Purdue. Purdue. Yeah. yeah, they only won by seven last week. So this game could get interesting, but I really feel like Wisconsin is going to be the better team in this game and come out with the win. Uh, I think Northwestern surprised some people. I mean, they're 4-0, but three out of their four games were one possession if you count Nebraska with the uh, eight points as a one possession game um, so yeah I think Northwestern surprised some people but they're not close to Wisconsin uh, Wisconsin they had their only second game last week I think they've had some time to get some rust out uh, so I take Wisconsin here pretty heavily too Tennessee-Auburn is our next game. Tennessee's coming off of a loss to Arkansas in their last game. They did not play last week. Auburn didn't play last week either due to COVID reasons. And their last win was a very, very good win at home versus an LSU team who was struggling. They won that game, I'm pretty sure, 48-11 to 11 or something like that. Auburn is turning in the right direction right now while Tennessee is not. I really like what Auburn showed from an offensive perspective last game. Bo Nix had a great game. He was able to get the ball into Williams and Schwartz's hand constantly. The rushing game was good, and even the defensive game for Auburn was amazing, only limiting LSU to 11 points last game. So I think that 
Auburn wins this game easily, especially that this game is at home. Auburn, Tennessee, it's always going to be an interesting matchup. Just two historic programs of the SEC, but I really like where Auburn's at, so I'm going to take Auburn in this one. Uh, for me, it's not so much about what Auburn can do. It's about what Tennessee can't do. And, I mean, they had the postponed game last week, but in their last game against Arkansas, their QB problems just continued, and they played three different quarterbacks um, because Garantano has just not been good at all this season. And I'm not exactly sure who they're going to be going with this week, but they have all sorts of problems, especially on that offense. So, again, I think it's more of what Tennessee cannot do, so I think Auburn takes this one as well. Next up, we have the rivalry in Oklahoma. We have Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. This is where College Game Day is going to be on Saturday morning. This game is very interesting for me. Oh, obviously, Oklahoma State was probably one of the most hyped teams going in to this season in the Big 12. Now, granted, Oklahoma's ranked like third overall. They were the number three team in the nation or something like that before losing their first game to Kansas State or their second game. They played their first game against Missouri State. Oklahoma, obviously way less than expected this year. They are still the 19th team in the country. Oklahoma State, I'm pretty sure, is the 14th team in the country. Oklahoma State's last game, they only beat Kansas State by two points. That's a Kansas State team that did beat Oklahoma, but Oklahoma was able to take care of business versus Kansas last game, 62-9. Kansas isn't a good team, but Oklahoma's just able to run up the scoreboard and keep the scoring to a minimal versus Kansas. I picked Texas versus Oklahoma State, and that ended up happening. And I just feel like this game is just going to be an Oklahoma win. I just have such a good feeling about that. Even though Oklahoma State had all the hype going into this game this year, this was the year that they're going to beat Oklahoma. Give, uh, give, me, give me the Sooners in this one. I just feel good about it. I just feel good about where Oklahoma is right now compared to where Oklahoma State is. Yeah, uh, I think Oklahoma struggles at the beginning of the season. It came from Spencer Rattler and being inconsistent. Obviously, he didn't have much experience at the college level. But you know what? Oklahoma settled down. They've won four games in a row. And they're coming into this game with a lot of momentum. Spencer Rattler's figured it out. He's running this offense a lot better now. Um, he's had four touchdown passes in his past two games. And again, since that early part where Oklahoma got their second loss in the last four games, Oklahoma has been absolutely sensational. I'd take Oklahoma here as well with the upset. Our next game, we got a game out of the group of five, and we got Cincinnati versus UCF. UCF is, in the last couple of years, has been the very dominant team in the group of five. Obviously, they were the team that was trying to make a case for the college football playoff a couple of years ago. But this year, we got a new team out of the American, and that is the Cincinnati Bearcats. They are trying to make their case right now to make that spot in the playoffs, and I'm pretty sure that they are the sixth best team in the country right now. So this will be a big game for proving where Cincinnati is at, at as a program right now. This will be huge for Cincinnati to win. The game is in Central Florida. The game's coming to you from Orlando. I like where Desmond Ritter is at as a quarterback. I like where this whole Cincinnati team is at right now. They're the sixth best team in the country for a reason. Give me the Bearcats in this one. I think this is a really, really interesting game because I think it's really similar to the game that we were talking about before, which is the Miami-Virginia Tech game because this looks like a game that Cincinnati should take pretty heavily. But UCF's been inconsistent. UCF is definitely a team who can stay close um, with Cincinnati this week. 
Uh, Cincinnati is only four-point favorites as of now. They opened as three-and-a-half-point favorites. One thing sort of about betting is that usually Vegas has a pretty good idea about these upset picks, and they want you to go with Cincinnati in this game. So I would lean towards making or saying that this is going to be a close game, and I would lean toward UCF. So I'll take UCF with the upset here. Next game, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because it is your team. We got Michigan versus Rutgers. This game is in Rutgers. Michigan obviously coming off of the last three games all with losses. Can Michigan turn it around in this one, Bernie? You know what? Ah, this is really tough to pick. Um, Michigan actually, I think, opened up as favorites in this game. I'm just going to pull up the lines here in a second. Um, but I'm assuming that people are going to be betting with Rutgers this week. Michigan needs to figure out both sides of the football but if they could do it against anybody it would be against Rutgers probably one of the only teams maybe other than Penn State that is struggling more than them uh it's really really tough I think Jim Harbaugh needs to win this game if he wants to keep his job I think they'll be playing with a bit more fire we don't know who the quarterback is yet if it's going to be Milton or McNamara I mean it sounds biased to still pick Michigan here but I'd probably take Michigan to win this one I think if Michigan does drop this game to Rutgers, Harbaugh's gone. Because if you drop four games in a row in the Big Ten, and two of those games are to Rutgers and Michigan State for Michigan, and especially in a year where Michigan State isn't any powerhouse team at all, that's just saying a lot about where your program's at, and that is going in the direction where you do not want it to be. I do agree with you that Michigan's going to come out with more firepower in this game, and I feel like it will just rip everyone if Michigan does lose this game. I feel like the players are going to be fighting for their lives in this game, so I do feel like Michigan's going to come out with the win here. Lastly, we're going with my South Carolina Gamecocks taking it on Mizzou. This game is coming at you at 7.30 p.m. on SEC Alternate. Missouri opens up as four-point favorites in this one. South Carolina is coming in with a new intern head coach. We got Mike Bobo, our offensive coordinator, is our head coach for the rest of the season. I just got word like literally five minutes before starting this podcast that our star cornerback, J.C. Horde, obviously the one who won the Walter Camp Defensive Player of the Week, the uh, week that we played Auburn, had an amazing game. He is gone for the rest of the season in an already struggling secondary. Our secondary got absolutely torched versus Ole Miss. I'm pretty sure Matt Corral threw 500-plus yards in that game. Missouri is a team that we definitely should be able to beat, especially that this game is in Willie B. One thing especially that needs to happen for South Carolina to win this game, rely on the rushing game. We saw it last week. Kevin Harris rushes for five touchdowns. That's a new school record and had like 250-plus yards rushing. He is an absolute beast. Feed him the whole game. If our passing game isn't working, we just got to stick it to the ground game. Open up those lanes in the passing game. Your passing game will not be good until you have a good running game. And I think that that is going to be key for South Carolina to be able to win this game. Rely on Kevin Harris and Deshaun Fenwick in this rushing game. Let the offensive line do their job. Give Kevin Harris the dang football. Let him run all over Mizzou. I don't care. If we can do that, I really like where South Carolina's at in this game, and I am going to take the Gamecocks in this one. As long as our defense can make the stops when we need to, I think that South Carolina's got this game. 
I just think you guys have a lot going on right now. Um, I know Missouri opened up as, I think they're at five and a half on the line right now. I just think you guys have a ton going on with the new coach. Your quarterback situation's a bit messed up. Uh, so I, I like Missouri here. So that is our recap and picks for college football this week. And now, of course, after college football, after Saturday, follow Sunday. And on Sunday, we had NFL football this week, and we had some amazing games with some finishing with the most crazy endings that you'll probably ever see in NFL. It was an amazing week, to say the less. Starting off on Thursday, we had the Colts taking down the Titans 34-17. This was a bit unexpected. A lot of people had the Titans in this game winning this one. They beat the Bears the week prior, but it was Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts who were able to squeak out with the victory in this one. I mean, nothing too special about this one. Rivers throws for over 300 yards, one passing touchdown. Um, Rushing-wise, Hines were only rushed for one touchdown, and you had just Kobe Brissett rush for one. Pittman had a 100-plus-yard uh, receiving game. Nothing really too special about this game. Indianapolis came out with the win 34-17. to After that, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Carolina. It was actually a very close game at the beginning. Tampa Bay was able to take over the game late and able to win that game 46-23. to Bernie, any other games that you really want to highlight here that were good in the 1 o'clock games? 1 o'clock games. Uh, I guess the Texans-Browns game. I was expecting more for the Browns coming into this game. I, their offense is just so talented. They have so many pieces. And, you know, in a game where Chubb and Hunt both rushed for over 100 yards, they still can't get anything going with Baker Mayfield. And this is way too talented of a team to only put up 10 points to um, against the Texans' defense. But, I mean, I'm still expecting big things from the Browns. And if you bet on the Browns with the spread of that game, I know how you're feeling. It must be so tough because Nick Chubb rushes down the field. He has no one even close to him. And since it's near the end of the game and he doesn't want to rub it in the Texans' face, he decides to run out, I think, at the two-yard line, which would have covered the spread. It was painful. I know some people just had. I saw all over social media people having the Browns, and they just lost their minds because some of them lost a lot of money on just Nick Chubb running out in that one. Other than that game, the 1 o'clock games, we had the Lions beating the football team 30-27. to The Packers only beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 24 to 20 it was I'm pretty sure Luton was the quarterback for Jacksonville he actually did decent in leading Jacksonville here uh I know that Cole had a punt return I watched a bit of this game because I wanted the Packers to lose but the Packers are looking kind of shaky right now in my opinion if you can only beat the Jaguars especially a team with down to their string quarterbacks you got to be able to do something better than that only beat the Jaguars by four other than that Giants beat the Eagles 27 to 17. Daniel Jones and the Giants are starting to look like they have a shot at this division now. Anyone has a shot at this division, but if you're able to get a division win against anyone in this division, it's going to mean something. So that was an absolutely huge win for the Giants who are trying to make a late playoff push. Four o'clock games, Birdie. Hit me off with one because we had a ton of good ones here. Yeah, let's start with the Chargers and Dolphins. And I mean, this was one that I was kind of excited about. The two young quarterbacks, Herbert and Tua as well. The Dolphins ended up taking that one 29-21. Um, Tua was okay. He passed 15 for 25. No interceptions, only 169 yards. Um, Herbert was 
uh, he was all right as well. 20 for 32, one interception. Overall, it wasn't as great of a game, I think, as I was hoping for. None of the offenses were that terrific, and Miami didn't look good after the first quarter. Um, but the Dolphins do get that one. They improved to 6-3. and three. Next up, I think we have to talk about the big game, the one that everyone's talking about. This is probably the biggest game going into the week. Buffalo versus Arizona. It was a very hyped game going in, and it looked like Buffalo had the game at the end. But, of course, Kyler Murray decides to scramble out to his left and just chuck up a prayer to a guy named DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best wide receivers in the game, with three bills draped all over him, and DeAndre goes up and makes the touchdown catch in the last dying seconds of the game. What a game that was. What a comeback for Arizona. That just shows you what's going on. I'm pretty sure we have a three-way tie right now out there in the NFC West. That division's just crazy, and that game was just crazy, period. Uh, what I wanted to touch on that game was actually Josh Allen, um, because for the most part, Josh Allen, was, Josh Allen was pretty good, except for the um, two interceptions, but he did still lead uh, the Bills down late to take the lead, and it's unfortunate they ended up losing. But, I mean, if you're a Buffalo fan, there's still a lot to look up for here. And if you were wondering coming into the year, you know, if Josh Allen was your franchise quarterback, he's definitely been proving it lately. He's been really solid in the past couple of weeks, and he's been really good in the later part of the games, really throughout not only this year, but really his career. He's been good at the later part of the game. So I, I think that there's still a lot to look up here for uh, the Buffalo Bills if you're a Bills fan, and I think that they could there's still a team that could potentially do some damage in the playoffs. Yes, 100%. Two other games that I just want to touch on briefly. We had the Broncos losing to the Raiders 37-12, to and then we had the Steelers able to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals 36-10. to Another very good game. This was a team that I picked to win this game. I had the Rams beating the Seahawks, and they're able to do it. Off of defense, the Rams were able to keep a red-hot Seahawks defense to only 16 points. This division, like I said, there's a three-way tie between the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals right now. It's going to be a very interesting finish, what we see in that division. Who do you think that is going to win this race? Um, I think it's close, Um, but what worries me... Well, not worries me because my team is the one that last in the division, but... um. Russell Wilson hasn't looked good for a few weeks in a row now, and he wasn't good at all this game. He was only 22 for 37 in the two interceptions, and he sucked um, the other week against the Bills as well. Um, you'd still probably think that the Seahawks are the most talented team in the division, but the Rams have been looking good lately. The Cardinals, again, looking good lately. So if I had to choose right now, I would probably say the Rams. I think I like the Cardinals right now. I just like where their offense is at. Their receiving core is amazing. Their offense is amazing. Their defense is amazing. And they are starting to prove that they can beat good teams. So I really like where the Cardinals are at. But we'll have to see. It's going to be a very fun finish to the end of the race at the end of the season. 49ers losing to the Saints 27-13. Bernie, I know you're a 49ers fan. Is there anything that you wanted to touch on specifically in this game? Nah, it's just that we're a hurt team in a really, really competitive division. I mean, there's really nothing that you can do this year. I'm not even really upset because, I mean, these aren't even winnable games with the amount of injuries that we have really all over the field. Um, but the one thing that did hurt is was that Breeze got hurt and we still ended up losing the game. But I mean, yeah, this was the Saints game to win the entire time. Last game, Patriots versus Ravens. 
Now, I can't remember. I don't think I picked the uh, Patriots in my in our picks uh, podcast last week. I think I did take the Ravens, but in my football pool with the spread, I took New England. I just had a feeling that Cam Newton and the Ravens were going to be able to do something. This game was in a massive downpour. It, it was very hard to hold on to the ball. There were guys slipping all over the place, but it was Cam Newton and the Patriots getting back on track Looking like that they can still fight for a playoff spot, beating Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I think that this is a very significant game for the Ravens and the Patriots in shifting how the rest of the season looks. Obviously, the rest of the season for the Ravens is starting to look like it's on a decline, especially from what it was last year. But the Patriots, from the last couple of weeks, especially only beating the Jets by a very minimal amount, I think that this was a big, big win for the New England Patriots. I mean, there's still a bunch of weeks left in the NFL season, but I mean, the Ravens have to find a way to get to the level that we're sort of expecting them to be at. They've now lost two of the past three games with the Steelers two weeks ago, and three of their past four games have been by one possession. And obviously the Ravens, one of the most talented teams in the NFL, but they're going to have to figure it out in the next few weeks before the playoffs. Now, the game that is just kicking off in about 30 minutes, I'm pretty sure we both made our predictions in the podcast last week. I took the Bears, you took the Vikings. That game is coming at us in about 30 to 45 minutes. But let's get into our picks for next week. And starting off on the Thursday night game, finally, we can all take a deep breath that we have a Thursday night game that will actually be worth watching. Speaking of the NFC West race, we have the Arizona Cardinals and Seattle Seahawks. Showing down in Seattle at 820 on Thursday, November the 19th. Bernie, who you got in this one? Russell Wilson has to get better, like I was saying before. Uh, just hasn't been himself in the past few weeks. I think the Seahawks secondary still has their own issues. Um, I think this is the Cardinals game to lose, uh, and I'll still take the Cardinals here as well. Yeah, it would be... Very bad for me to say that I think that the Cardinals are going to win the division still and say that they lose this game. So I'm going to stick with you here with the Cardinals winning this game. The Seahawks right now I have as opening up as three-point favorites. Then 1 o'clock Sunday, we have starting off the Detroit Lions visiting the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. I love where the Carolina Panthers offense is. Their defense is another story. Obviously, they get the scoreboard run up on them by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that the offense for Carolina will do enough in this game to be able to win. Robbie Anderson's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now in terms of receiving yardage. Uh, DJ Moore's great. Even though Christian McCaffrey, I think, is still going to be out, you have Mike Davis who's came in and filled that spot very well, so I'm going to take the Panthers in this one. I know Stafford right now is listed as questionable, but looks but it looks like he's going to be playing, although it's going to be through an injury. Um, yeah, I think the Panthers' defense has some issues. I don't think the Lions are terrific, but I still think the Lions sneak away with this one. Next up, these are two teams coming off of big losses. We have the Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. This game's in Baltimore. I think even though that the Ravens lost to the Patriots... It was a downpour, and I feel like in better conditions, the Ravens are going to play a lot better. This defense is very good. I know that Calais Campbell was out last game, um, but hopefully, I don't know where what his status is going to be for that defense, but their defense should still step up in this game, and I think that they're going to limit Tennessee in the rushing game. This is the AFC wildcard game from last year, or no, it was the divisional game from last year that stirred up a lot of rumors in 
the Ravens and how good of a team they actually are. This is the game to get revenge on them, and I feel like the Ravens will do that this year. Yeah, I think a little bit of history in this game. Also, I don't think I've ever picked the Titans in one of these. I just don't like how one-dimensional they are. I think that the Ravens, they've had their problems, but I still think they're an extremely talented team, and I think that this is a perfect game for them to be able to bounce back uh, from the Patriots' loss. I like the Ravens here. Next up, Eagles and Browns. The Eagles are struggling, no question about it. They just lose to the Giants in a division that at the beginning of the season looked like their division to win. I think that the Browns, even though they had a very good uh, close game against Houston last week, I think that they're going to do enough in this game to be able to beat the Eagles. So give me the Browns in this one. This is two teams that are just extremely, extremely inconsistent because you're talking about an Eagles team who lost to um, the Giants just last week, but then a few weeks before, I think only lost by like two to the Ravens. And then this is a Browns team that will put up 10 points like we saw last week against the Texans, but then also, you know, put up 40, 50 points like we saw the week against the Cowboys or against the Bengals. I think this is a toss-up just because of how inconsistent these two teams are, but I would probably go with the Browns just because I think they have the better defense. Next up, this is a game a couple years ago that would have been very, very hyped. I know that these teams have been in the playoffs a few times. We have the Patriots and the Houston Texans. Obviously, those two teams have changed since those years in the playoffs. Patriots coming off the win against the Ravens. Texans coming off the loss to the Browns. I think that the Patriots are going to ride that momentum just from that Ravens win. And Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson, obviously two of the better rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that this will be a very interesting matchup. But I like the Patriots in this one, so give me New England. I think the Texans are a bad team who got even worse because of the injuries that they have right now. And I think you're right. I think that New England's been inconsistent, but they're riding the high on the Ravens win. And the Texans, I mean, it's really, really bad when you only put up seven points and lose a game when your defense holds the other team to 10 points. The Texans just have all kinds of problems right now. Um, so I'll take the Patriots here. Next up, this should be a pretty easy one. we got Steelers and Jaguars. Even though the Jaguars played a very, very close game against the Green Bay Packers, Steelers are still the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. I like where the Steelers are at, so give me the Steelers in this one. Yeah, I mean, I, the only reason that the Jaguars kept it close last week was because the Packers uh, had trouble running the football. The Steelers are the best team in the NFL, it looks like right now, because their defense is just so phenomenal. So I like the Steelers here as well. Falcons and Saints next up at 1 o'clock. Battle in the NFC South. I like where the Saints are at. They're riding the hot streak. Ever since they beat Tampa Bay, that was a huge win for them in taking control of this division. Then they go on to beat the 49ers last week. Falcons have been up and down all season. I like where New Orleans is at. Even though that Drew Brees is injured, I think that New Orleans is still able to escape Mercedes-Benz Superdome in their home with a win in this one. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite way. Uh, I think Drew Brees, he's hurt this week. The Falcons, they've won two in a row, also coming off the bye week. I think they're a talented team, one that's good enough coming off the bye week that they'll be able to be well-rested and prepared to face the Saints. So I'll take the Falcons here. 
Last one o'clock game, we got the Bengals and the football team, two struggling teams in the NFL. The football team opened up as two-point favorites here. This game is in Washington. I'm going to take the Bengals just because there was points of that Steelers game this week where I did see Joe Burrow and the Bengals hooking up on offense. As long as their defense can do somewhat of a good job against the football team's uh, offense, I think that the Bengals could escape Washington with a win. So I am going to take the Bengals in this one. I think that the the football team's offense isn't very good, but for a two and seven record team, the the football team's defense is pretty solid. And I think against Joe Burrow, the rookie quarterback, I still think that Washington could pose enough problems uh, for the Bengals, their line, Joe Burrow as well. Uh, it, I think it'll be really, really close. I think it'll be a one possession game, but I'll take the football team. 405 game coming to you from Denver. We have the red-hot Miami Dolphins versus the Denver Broncos. Now, Miami's only opening up as a three-point favorite here. I think that has to do with just the conditions. We don't know what the weather is going to be in Denver. It could be a complete snowstorm, and we know it's harder going into mile high. But Tua and the Dolphins are red-hot right now, and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. This is a team that you got to start watching out for in the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to win the AFC East just because of what they did in the beginning of the season, but they're a team that I definitely want to look out for in the playoffs, so give me the Dolphins in this one. Yeah, I mean, Tua's been fantastic since he's been playing for the Dolphins. Five touchdowns, no interceptions, 519 total yards. The Broncos are not only hurt, but their secondary in general isn't very good. I think um, in terms of Miami's offense and Tua, this is a fantastic matchup for them to be able to put up a lot of points. And I think they looked really good last week against the Chargers. So I'll take the Dolphins here. Another somewhat easy game. We have the New York Jets versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Obviously, the Jets are winless this year. They're obviously the worst team in the whole NFL. Joe Flacco's their quarterback. Justin Herbert's the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. Even though the Chargers did lose to a good team in the Dolphins, it's the Jets. And the Jets, especially after that New England game, your one chance to get a win, especially against the Patriots, you blow that. I don't see them getting a win anytime soon. So definitely give me the Chargers in this one. I think it'll be closer than you think. The one game that Flacco's the quarterback, they put up uh, 27 points, nearly beat the Patriots, and they're coming off the bye week, which means rest and time to prepare. Uh, the Chargers didn't look fantastic this week. I, I think Justin Herbert's a solid player. I think the Chargers have a lot of issues. I think this game's going to be really, really close. And I think that if the Jets do get a win this year, it comes this week, but I'll still take the Chargers. The Colts are opening up as favorites versus the Green Bay Packers for a 425 start in Indianapolis. This is going to be a very interesting game. Since the Packers played such an inconsistent game versus the Jaguars, and they let a Jaguars defense do a lot to them, which they shouldn't have. They let them score 20 points, and the Jaguars offense isn't very good. So I think I like where the Colts are at right now, especially that they had that commanding win versus the Titans. I honestly am going to lead towards the Colts in this one, and not just because I'm a Bears fan and I want the Packers to lose. I think that the Colts are going to be the better team in this game. Um, just looking at this Colts defense here, first in the NFL in total yards allowed, second in the NFL in passing yards allowed, 
third in the NFL in rushing yards allowed, and fourth in the NFL in points allowed. This is a fantastic defense for the Colts. The Jaguars were able to give the offense for the Packers some problems last year, especially with the Packers trying to run the football. They couldn't get anything going. And you're talking about going up against the top five defense in almost every category. But I'm particularly looking at the rushing defense of the Colts. They're going to pose the exact same problems this week against the Packers. So for that reason, I'll take the Colts. Our last 425 game, we have the Dallas Cowboys versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings, we don't know what they're going to do this week because they're kicking off in about half an hour, something like that, 45 minutes against the Bears, but they're playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a team that have been struggling, although the Cowboys' last game versus the Steelers was very close. Garrett Gilbert comes in as the quarterback there, does a great job. I just think that Minnesota is going to be the better team of this game. I think that Dalvin Cook's going to have a huge game on the ground here, so give me the Minnesota Vikings in this one. I don't know. Garrett Gilbert looked good against the game against the Steelers and the Cowboys coming off the bye week as well. I think it's tough to predict this game without knowing what the Vikings are going to do tonight, but I picked the Vikings over the Bears, so I'll take the Vikings over the Cowboys as well. Sunday night football game. This is a revenge game for KC because the Chiefs are going to Vegas after Vegas went into them. I forget what week it was. They went into Arrowhead and was able to have a very, very dominant game against the Chiefs and beat them and hand them their first loss of the season. The Raiders are a good football team. When they play like a good football team, they are at home for this game. I really want to take the Raiders just because... They won last time, but I still feel like it's going to be very hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes and that whole Kansas City Chiefs offense, so I am going to take the Chiefs in this one. This is a really tough game to pick. Uh, the Raiders looked really, really good last week against the Broncos, but obviously the Broncos have a whole set of their own issues. I know that the Raiders won it last time. I'm just looking sort of at how each team is made up. I think that the Chiefs come back here, a little bit of revenge, want to turn things around. I think the Chiefs take this one. Last up, the Monday Night Football game, November 23rd. At 8.15, we have the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. This is a very interesting game because Tampa Bay is a team that definitely has to get back on track. They're 7-3, but they have that huge loss to the new... Uh, they have two losses to the New Orleans Saints. So in a week where especially... New Orleans is missing their quarterback. This is a week where you have to pick up a win when New Orleans can pick up a loss, and you just got to try to make some ground in that division. So this is a game that I feel like the Buccaneers are going to be in a way more urgency mode than the Rams are going to be to win this game, and this game is at home. I know they have fans at Raymond James Stadium, so I'm going to take the Buccaneers in this one. I'm the opposite. You see what the Buccaneers did the last time against a good defense, only put up three points. The Rams, I think they're like the second or third ranked overall defense in the NFL. Um, I picked the Rams to win the division. Yeah, I think the Rams are just getting better as the season goes on. I like the Rams here. So those are all the games for week 11 of NFL football. For those of you wondering, the teams are on a bye week are me and Bernie's favorite teams. We got my Chicago Bears are on a bye week. Bernie's San Francisco 49ers are on a bye week. And then you also have the Buffalo Bills and the New York Giants. 
So that's our podcast for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Definitely drop a review on wherever you listen to your podcast because we'd appreciate to hear from you guys what you guys are thinking of the podcast so far, whether you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, um, whether you're listening to this on Spotify or Podbean or wherever. Let us know because we'd appreciate it. But thank you so much for tuning in. Bernie, do you got any closing remarks for these people before we let them go on yeah. the rest of their day or night? We said that we were going to bring on some special guests. We have one special guest lined up. We're going to be filming that video tomorrow, which should be a really, really exciting one. So just make sure, you know, wherever you're listening from, make sure that you stick around so that you can listen to these uh, podcasts, watch your videos in the future as well. Yeah, that podcast should be coming out around Wednesday or Thursday, so definitely stay tuned into that. Lots of exciting stuff happening here at the TDs. Oh, one more thing that I have to add. But for now, yep, add it in. Also, um, we're going to be covering the NBA draft, which is on Wednesday. I'm not exactly sure when this video is going to come out, but the NBA draft is on November 18th. So, you know, if you're into the NBA, um, you like college basketball or the NBA, make sure that you're using touchdowns to home runs to get all of your NBA draft info. We're going to be putting out a ton of videos that day, some very informative, really good content. So just make sure that you're looking out for that. Big day in the NBA draft. We got guys like, who do we got? We got Ball in there. We got Anthony Edwards. Wiseman, we got Obi Tobin. We got James I mean, like, Wiseman. Just so many, lots so of many good talent players. and lots of good players to be picked up. Yeah. So that's all for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And always have a great day and definitely tune in next time. <laughs>